and I think this was the amount. Do you remember? And he's like, oh, I think that was right. And I said, I'm going to write you a check for double. Will you please forgive me? And I mailed him a check. And I hadn't talked to the guy for like eight years. I just called him out of the blue to say sorry and to make restitution. Clear conscience. I heard this saying, I think it's awesome. If you're sick of the devil uh, digging up your past, then stop burying it. Then stop burying it. Just admit it. That's one of the greatest things you can do in the face of accusations. Is when the devil comes to you and starts accusing you, you go, yeah, you're right. But Jesus loves me and forgave me anyway. I can't figure it out either. Then what is he going to say? Uh, there's nothing else he can say. With that being said, uh, these kind of messages really can bring condemnation. Again, condemnation is always identity-related, and it's very general. The devil comes and says, you are a liar. Is that true? Well, maybe, but... If you've given your life to Jesus, that's not your identity. You are not a liar. You are a saint. You are holy. You are righteous because of what Jesus did for you. Now, is it possible for you to still lie? Yes. But are you a liar? No, you're not. That's not your identity. So the devil will come and say, you are, and then a bad thing, right? And he'll be very general because you can't get free of that. But the Holy Spirit will always come and bring very specific conviction. Hey, that thing that you just said to your wife right there, hey, that thing that you just told your sister, that wasn't completely true. You can repent of a specific sin. You can receive forgiveness for a specific sin. That's how the Holy Spirit convicts versus the condemnation of the devil. So do not let the devil condemn you today. Let the Holy Spirit convict you today. It will be very specific. Um, I want to recommend a book to you. It's called Fierce Conversations. I think I have this slide uh, by a lady named Susan Scott. She is a corporate, um, I don't know what you call it. I lost my train of thought. But she's a, a corporate trainer. That was the word. And she goes into corporations. This is not a Christian book, but trust me, it's very Christian in principle. And it has the potential to change your life. And she calls it fierce, not as in mean, not as in aggressive, but fierce as in bold as a lion. Fiercely facing our fears to have a real conversation to bring real change. And what she has found and most corporate uh, trainers have found, the problem is always with people. It's always with people. And wherever there's a problem in a corporation, usually it's the CEO refuses to have a difficult conversation with somebody. He refuses to confront an issue out of fear, or he refuses to fire somebody that should be fired. And this is one of the things that, that I feel like God is really pressing on right now. Is there some people in our lives that maybe it's not a sin issue, but there's some people you know you need to have a conversation with. You know you need to draw a boundary or you need to confront something and we just avoid it. We avoid it. We avoid it. 
He gets personally touched by it. Personally touched by it. But this is the scary thing as well. Because he is so deeply connected to every human being. When we walk past the poor, we walk past him. When we walk past the prisoner, we walk past him. When we walk past the naked, we walk past him. And this is scary, verse 41. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed. Into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Then he goes on to say, you didn't visit me in prison. You didn't feed me. They're going to say, you weren't there. I didn't see you. He says, if you didn't do it for one of my brothers, you didn't do it for me. You didn't do it to me. That's sobering. I don't know about you. That's sobering. We can't fast and worship and pray and pretend everything's fine and the horizontal, the relationships around us we're neglecting, abusing, avoiding, hurting, doing all that stuff. The Lord's, he's just not okay. He loves us, but he said, okay, uh, hold on, stop your singing. I want to talk to you. Can we talk about this? Then you, we can get back to that because I love that. I love that. James 2, 17 to 18. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Faith without works is as good as a dead corpse. It's just, it's not really faith. It's a dead. It's a corpse that can't do anything. Can't impart anything, can't bless anything, can't do anything. It's dead. Faith has to, has to manifest in the, out, in the physical realm. Faith does manifest in the physical realm. Or, as Jesus said, you didn't do it for me, or it doesn't. Lack of faith doesn't. Um, Connie actually wrote an amazing song called The Fire Knows. The fire knows, and I expect, Connie, where are you at? There you go. I expect that to be sung from the stage one day here. Um, it's from this scripture, 1 Corinthians 3, 11 to 15. I don't think I wrote it down. No one can lay any foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So her song was, I'm not sure if I'm walking in faith, but the fire knows. When I get tested, then I see if I'm really in faith, if I really had it. 
right? It's about testing and trials, reveal what's really going on in us. We can say, I trust God, but your checkbook knows. Your checkbook knows. Okay, let's see your checkbook. Let's see if you trust God. Oh, you're not generous to anybody. Oh, you don't. The checkbook knows. <laughs> I should be in leadership. Well, your family knows. Paul said to Timothy, if a man cannot manage his own household well, if his family is a train wreck, how in the world can he be a spiritual dad to a bunch of people that aren't his real kids? That can't jive. Your family knows. Those things should match up. They should match up. Our vertical beliefs and our horizontal behavior should match. Relationship with God can be very mystical. I've had some amazing, mystical, just crazy, awesome encounters with God that, that just mystify me. But it is always extremely practical. It's always extremely practical. If it's not practical, it's not actually real spirituality. Real religion, Scripture says, is taking care of the orphans and the widows. That's true religion. That's true religion. All right. Two more scriptures. I'm done, but I'm going to warn you this one's got some length to it. Isaiah 58. I told you we'd get there. Isaiah 58. Cry aloud. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. So God's speaking to Isaiah, saying, I want you to trumpet this, to yell it, to scream it. I want my people to hear. I want you to tell them what their sins are. This gets scary, I'll just admit. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgments of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. This is crazy. They seek God every day. They take joy in knowing God. They love his presence. They love to draw near to him. We would call these people, at least I would, very spiritual and probably very mature Christians. These are values and lifestyles we want our kids to achieve. <laughs> I do. I want them to love the Lord's presence and draw near to him daily and do all these things. But God here was saying they are not righteous people. They are not right. Why? He says they forsook my judgments. Well, not in seeking them they didn't. They were doing a really good job at seeking him, at, at, at delighting in his presence and saying, oh, I want to know how God works and seeking him in that way. It has to be something else that they were failing and not the seeking him part. What's the something else? They're saying, why have we fasted and you don't see it? They're fasting. It's awesome. They're probably more spiritual than most of us. Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it, God? The Lord says, behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own affairs and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. There it is again. Our treatment of other people 
our horizontal relationships not being right. Now listen, I don't want to condemn anybody. If you're struggling through marriage and you're seeking the Lord and you're both trying to work it out, God's for you. He loves you. He's with you. We need healing for stuff. But if you're avoiding, if you're denying, that's not good. That's not good. Is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? Bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him. And not hide yourself from your own flesh. It's almost like Jesus took those words out of Isaiah. It was the way God's people were treating each other that caused God to call them unrighteous. Their treatment of others and their attitudes and behaviors outside of church caused their prayers to go unanswered and their problems to go unsolved. Check this out. (laughs) When God says, when you start doing these things in the physical Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness will go before you. What does that mean? Your righteousness going in front of you. That's amazing. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. I will personally have your six. You take care of my people. I'll take care of you. Then you shall call to the Lord, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, here I am. I'm right here. What is it? Don't we want that? I want that. I want when I say, oh, Lord. He says, what? I'm right here, son. I want that. If that's not happening, there's some reason. It's not because of God. Then you shall call, the Lord will answer, you shall cry, and he will say, here I am. If, if, if. That's the scariest word to me in the whole Bible, if. There's a lot of if in the book of Revelation. You'll get the crown of righteousness if you hold on till the end. If you're faithful to the end. If, if. You take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and speaking wickedness. Blame shifting, not taking responsibility, is enough to close God's ears off to you and prevent you and me from being healed and experience revival. Verse 10, if you pour yourself out for the hungry, satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. That sounds like depression being healed, doesn't it? Sounds like it to me. Serve other people. If you're depressed, stop thinking about yourself. Start giving and serving and blessing somebody else. Give yourself away gladly, and your your depression will not stay. It will not stay. And the Lord will guide you continuously. Wow, that's awesome. I want that. And satisfy your desire in scorched places. 
you will be satisfied even when in the physical there's nothing to meet that need. The Lord will meet that need for you. And make your bones strong. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Wow. That is amazing. 